Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Ryan Meeks, and after years of trying to make life work as a struggling artist, independent filmmaker, and musician, I thought to myself, hey, self, wouldn't it be helpful to ask other artists how they're finding their path in this world? And so now, that's exactly what I'm doing on a bi-weekly basis. Welcome to the Path of Art. Welcome to the Path of Art podcast. So with us today, we have three people from the busking bus. So what is the busking bus, you might ask? Well, it is a bunch of buskers that took a bus and turned it into a mobile stage. Is that a correct description? Would you would you give it that same one? Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> so, okay, and with us we've got Landon, Catherine, and Jonah. So they are all a part of this busking bus. What they are a part of, we will find out. Landon, do you want to start and just kind of introduce yourself and, and uh, what part you play in this busking bus? Yeah, I am Landon Krasik. I am one of the three co-owners of the bus, and I... Uh, headed up the design and uh, kind of helped tell people what to do to build the stage on the bus. So, yeah, that was my uh, initial uh, part. And then I've helped create stories and do other things with these guys. Okay. How about you, Catherine? Yeah, I'm Catherine Mortimer. I am also one of the three owners of the bus. Um, We founded it, started it. We kind of... um, I'll help devise and write and create and kind of wrangle all our people. We have a lot of people involved, which is really cool. Um, so, yeah, we we kind of run the whole show all together. So, yeah. And Jonah. Yeah, I'm uh, Jonah Kirkhart um, and kind of co-owner, co-creator with uh, the other two here. Um, I also help handle a lot of the kind of accounting, financing part of it. So we all share a lot of the load and then we all kind of have like a little silo that we also kind of go in and kind of handle some details um, whenever that kind of comes up. Okay. So um, just question for any of you, if you want to answer what, so what is the busking bus? I mean, we kind of did a little description of it, but um, so what do you guys do? Well, I mean, yeah, so it's quite literally a bus. We have a short bus we bought and put a stage on the side of. And then we have our specific busking bus show we have that is kind of a vaudevillian traveling performance theater piece that has little different parts that include puppets and clowning and different variety things like that. Um, And then we have what we call standalones where we have – 
buskers we know or other performers that we have come on and do their own show contained to themselves on the stage. So we've had puppeteers put on puppet shows. We have musicians come and sing or magicians. Um, We had an accordion player. um, We have a juggler. We have all different kinds of things that come on. So it's quite literally a traveling show. Okay. So um, is there a particular act that each of you do? On the busking bus? Um, so as far as our variety show goes, it's kind of like a – it's pretty much a group effort. So um, we all kind of helped devise, which is like we basically just start with a kind of summary of a bit, like an idea of like, well, we think this would be funny or we think this would be entertaining. And then we rehearse and we say, well, how good would this be and how good would this be? And we all kind of create it together. And that's not just the three of us. That's the entire cast of our Busking so, Bus variety show. So you write your own material. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. So so all of our stuff that's like sketch comedy and kind of clown work, we all write and kind of work on it together as kind of an ensemble. Um, so it's really a lot more shared. That being said, like usually when we're going through the devising process, we're saying, OK, uh, you know, Jonah is going to do this and Catherine is going to do this and Landon is going to do this. And uh, as we've kind of continued to devise, we kind of do push that in the direction of kind of each of our specific talents, even though we do kind of share a lot of similar skill sets. So um, as far as like on the bus show, we all are kind of a part of the ensemble and don't necessarily find ourselves doing one specific like act or bit um, kind of repeating. It's all kind of sharing the load on that. And so how many how many people are a part of the busking bus? So with uh with the people that do our uh variety show there is eight. No, six, seven. There's seven yeah, <laughs> there are seven people that do like our contained variety show and then there are probably uh seven to 10 more uh other performers that kind of come on regularly. Uh, so those are those solo acts, the jugglers, the magicians, all of those people. Um, and then we're always having more people that are incredible that just pull, come out of the woodwork that are like, hey, I uh, am great at this thing. We met this guy who does um, – he orchestrates uh, like small group uh, – uh, orchestras that he he's dedicated to making it so that uh, orchestras are not like this stuffy closet thing. So he's going to bring an yeah. orchestra on with us and on the street wow. corner, yeah. uh, which is wild. So there's just like always uh, people who just kind of like come out of the woodworks that are just like, we perform and we're great. (laughs) And so uh, the great thing about Busking Bus is that we have this ability to both be our own kind of set that is like a high quality thing and then also provide a opportunity for others to step in and be, be a part of performing on the streets. It's wild. Yeah. We had a number of people involved in our first season last year. Um, who then we kind of still work with have a little bit this year but um yeah between last year and this year our numbers continue to grow we continue to bring on more people which is pretty cool well good and do you find them when you go places and perform they just hear about you and they're like hey i kind of want to do this too yeah so one of the really great things locally that we um 
went to and kind of worked with was the Salt Lake City Busker Fest, um, where we just uh, while we were performing there, we had some off time where we kind of went around and saw some of the other buskers and we were like, hey, you are great. How would you like another performance opportunity here in Salt Lake City? Um, so, you know, continuing as we're continuing to go to more festivals and go to more busking events and go to just more things where buskers are, we're continuing to kind of build that, you know, quote unquote network of buskers um, that we're able to say, hey, we've got a, you know, a 30 minute slot. Let's throw you on, get you some money, get you some work and uh, put your work out there into the public. So there's a whole busking community. Yeah, you could say that. Um, it uh, busking is a term also that can be applied loosely, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we have uh, people like our accordion player was busking out mm-hmm. on kind of in the ninth and ninth district, and I just was like, I, I would love to have you on the bus. How about joining us? And he did, and was great while we had him. And um, other times, it's um, people we know through other people who, um, like the Fringe Festival is a big one where we know a lot of other theater people. That's where we met um, Puppets in the City, a friend of ours, who uh, came on and did a few shows on our bus. And so, like, puppeteering may not go into certain people's definition of busking, but, I mean, performing on the street for tips is busking. So if you come on our stage and perform for tips, you're a busker. (laughs) Yeah, and I I would say in Salt Lake City – um, a lot of the busking community that people interact with the most, you know, you walk down Main Street or something, you're going to see, you know, the guy with the piano and the guy with the guitar. Those are kind of the buskers that, like, I think people imagine as kind of the platonic ideal of busking um, in Salt Lake City. But you go to anywhere, you know, whether you're going to New York or L.A. or you're going abroad and you're going to, like, London or Berlin, um, you see puppeteer buskers and you see clowning buskers and you see magic buskers and you see juggling buskers. So we're kind of in that, you know, international idiom of what busking is as opposed to just more of the Salt Lake City popular American idea of busking that is just like a guy with a guitar, you know, playing on the street corner or something. So where have you bust? Where have you taken the busking bus to? Yeah, so um, some... Like major festivals that people might know are like uh, DIY Fest, uh, which is just the massive festival at the fairgrounds where they have uh, tons of different vendors who are all selling different things that are made at home or whatever. Put on um, by Craft Lake City. Yeah, put on by Craft Lake City. Um, and then Urban Arts is another great one. It's the largest free event in Utah, the largest free mm-hmm. festival in Utah, I think. Something like that. Um, and uh, also just like cities, so like Farmington, uh, Festival Days, Draper Days, uh, the Blocks has been just like so great to work with. The Blocks are the um, – they're the organization that is dedicated to making Salt Lake a uh, w- metropolis that people travel across the West to see and – they have brought us out a bunch of times. Yeah, they um, do the open streets program where they shut down Main Street to be pedestrian on Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I know you guys are based here in Utah. Are you starting to venture out of the state? We would love to. Um, it's only our second season, um, and we have grown. We had a great first season and then have grown a ton this second season. And I think original intention was to be able to travel to fairs and festivals all across the West or the country. 
Um, but that kind of stuff takes time. So for the moment, we've stayed pretty contained to the valley. Um, but we continue to grow. So yeah. there's also there's uh, like Salt Lake Valley is our bread and butter. That's like where the connections are. Yeah. Um, some of the performers that we work with have day jobs and it is nice to be able to be like, hey, this date – this evening, put it in your calendar. So uh, our network is really like solid here. Um, mm-hmm. And I am excited to go out mm-hmm. elsewhere sometime, but there's definitely some bread and butter here. Yeah. I, and then the other flip side is like we are very dedicated to making Salt Lake City a place where people can like experience art. And so a lot of our passion is like in developing the community here and like making uh, Salt Lake a place where people are eating, breathing, drinking art all the time. And paying uh, for it. And paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you got to make a living. That's that's one of the right. hardest things is making a living doing creative stuff. Right. Yeah, right. And, and that is, uh, sorry, one of the hardest things about kind of doing this in the West is how spread out everything is. And, you know, while the perk of a bus is that you can take your theater anywhere, at a certain point you're calculating all of the mileage to be like, are we going to do a show in Tucson, Arizona? Like that's, Mm -hmm. you know, a 12-hour drive. How much does that cost in, you know, gas prices and everything? So there's the whole other business admin side to doing this. So Right. And the bus isn't big enough to – have people sleep on it so Not i mean you gotta you, you can get you there <laughs> but yeah you got to figure out lodging you got to mm-hmm. figure out a lot of logistics so this has been a really fun talk just learning about the busking bus and each of you uh when we come back we're going to talk about their journeys as artists or creatives and uh, just figure out how they got to this point of creating the busking bus we'll be right back I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Path of Art. We are talking with the people from the Busking Bus, and we're going to go into just their creative path that they've created during their lifetime. So just to all of you, um, what got you started in the arts? Yeah, so um, I had a really great family growing up that was really close, and we did a lot of community theater together. um, And... That kind of was my youth in art, and then I got a uh, kind of job at the Parker Theater downtown, um, and they kind of helped me develop as a performer, and then I ended up getting a bachelor's degree in it, and then I wanted to do more, and so that was kind of my 
journey in a very clippy <laughs> section. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, so did you do mostly uh, theatrical performing? Uh, what kind of performing were were you doing? Yeah, so mostly I I have done theatrical performing. I also uh, did some film work. That's how I met you, Ryan. Is right. through film through film stuff. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's always it's always film stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because there's like so much to film. Like yeah, it was just a film thing that we did. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I I've dipped I, my toes into film. My my deep passion is for like the human to human contact that I get with mm-hmm. theater where I can like experience someone in the audience having uh, a moment of growth or like just seeing them enjoy it. Um, that is something I really am passionate about. It's kind of an exchange of energy that mm-hmm. you have from performer to viewer. Totally. Yeah. And it just kind of feeds off of each other. Yeah. And, and also just that like, uh, I am so into the idea of like a grassroots building of community. And I feel like that happens in theater more than it does in film where, I mean, if it's a local film and we're supporting like the local creators, then awesome. Uh, but we see films from France or Berlin or anywhere in the world. And that is incredible that we have that opportunity but it is not connected to like Francis who is next door or somewhere in the community. Um, And so that is something I really love about theater and like live performance is that the people who are making the art are like around you. They're walking on the streets next to you. Um, And so uh, that is uh, at, at heart why I do theater is so that I can have a connection to the local. Um, and so, yeah. Mm. Well, how about you, Catherine? What, what got you started in creative stuff? Creative stuff. I mean, it's hard to pinpoint. I think the majority of my early life and into adulthood, I was more of a patron of the arts. Um, and then I decided to get a film degree and I love that. And I love making film. I love that. I have a film degree too. Um, I do so much with it. I know. But I mean, it was such a great experience. And I really do. I I love the kind of indie film sort of thing. And the the film can be everything. It's music. It's writing. It's storytelling. It's fabrics. It's lighting. It's everything kind of put into one art form. Um, So that was my initial sort of draw. But then... um, there is a technical element that I feel like distances you from the audience, whereas theater, it is that more direct thing that Landon was mentioning. I find it's harder to perform on camera. Oh, interesting. For me, anyway, than it is to perform on a stage. Why do you think that is? I think it might be that separation that you're talking about. Yeah. Like, because... And as Landon kind of said, there's kind of an energy that goes back and forth between performer and audience. Right. And... So on camera, I just kind of feel silly. Interesting. Do you ever experience that too? Well, yeah, for sure. Because I did somewhat start as more of a performer in front of the camera and realized I wanted more control and then moved to roles behind the camera. And then from there, I realized I wanted 
there there's more to theater that film just can't do and that I think with theater you really do have to explore more of those real emotions when you are looking at your audience in the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, there is that possibility, that potential at least that film doesn't. So um, yeah, so then I kind of just delved into community theater and have loved it. I've always loved Shakespeare and all that kind of stuff too. So um, getting into kind of what Shakespeare truly was, which was just like real grassroots, nitty gritty theater that mm-hmm. uh, is is about community and about kind of um, telling a story is very compelling to me. What about you, Jonah? What got you started in this creative journey here? Yeah, so um, I am the the only one of the three of us that did not grow up in Salt Lake City. Um, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Kansas. <laughs> Um, where there isn't much uh, of anything around you. Um, uh, but I I was uh, very lucky to have some very supportive parents, um, even though very like, I don't know what you would probably call like corn-fed people, right? That it's like my entire family is very like farmer-oriented. But like when I said, hey, I want to go do some performing arts stuff, they were very supportive of that. Um, so I started um, – started in dance actually um and i started taking dance lessons when i was in third grade and i took dance lessons i took dance lessons for you know nine almost 10 years um and then kind of uh, transitioned probably when i was in junior high into doing theater um and uh really, really fell in love with theater. And, you know, dance has always been pretty intrinsic to the way that I do theater. And I really do love performing, but I would probably primarily consider myself like a writer-director and then like an actor third, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and so a lot of like that dance and theater influence influences the way that I direct and write. And I think very like physically and visually about the way that um, I kind of try to construct pieces, right? Um, so then I went to school in Manhattan, Kansas, um, and uh, uh, got a theater and English degree while I was there. And then I graduated and I moved to Salt Lake City. Um, and then I kind of met these two. Uh, and I, I also own a, a nonprofit theater company here in Salt Lake City as well oh. called Three Penny Theater Company that I'm the artistic director for. They do very cool stuff. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I'm the artistic director is that of that, which is like a lot more, I don't know, <laughs> cerebral theater stuff. Um, so I kind of get the best of both worlds that I have, like, you know, what probably the average theater goer would think of as like pretty, uh, I don't know, <laughs> quotes around artsy fartsy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, with busking bus, I get to do very much the like very in your face fun entertaining theater and it's kind of the best of both worlds there Mm -hmm. um so yeah and that's kind of how i've ended up here you know so so you all started kind of in different spots one more stage performing one film and one more of the dance area how did you end up meeting here in salt lake or how, how did you meet each other uh, well, Landon, I, when I was in the film program, that was then when Landon was briefly in the film program as well. And that's kind of where we met doing projects, actually, mm-hmm. through other friends and acquaintances. Um, and then... Yeah, so um, there's a local theater community here. Um, kind of the space is called The Box at the Gateway. Um, and it's kind of 
run owned by Wasatch Theater Company. Um, and in January of 2020, they had like a New Year's mixer thing. And I had been having an issue kind of connecting with the theater community locally. And um, so I was like, OK, I'm going to go to this thing and see if I can meet some people. And uh I guess long story short, I did, and I met Landon and Catherine, and, you know, they're just such magnetic people and, uh, you know, um, invited me to a few of their kind of gatherings, and we all kind of realized we had very similar kind of, I guess, ideas and uh, desires, and that all kind of culminated in all of us being like having the idea for Busking Bus that was not called Busking Bus at the time, but we all kind of came together through that kind of friendship. So on that note, like who came up with the idea to carve out a bus? <laughs> like which one of you was like, we should get a bus and carve it out and make it into a theater? Like where did that come from? Yeah. Um, so we all actually had the idea at separate times before we even met each other or were talking with each other, which is hmm. wild yeah. because it's a pretty uh, – like unique i mean we've done some research and we can't find anyone else in the world who is doing this and so the fact that three of us had a similar idea and uh uh for me and i think for you two it was out of like a a sprinter van kind of a thing at first um yeah it was like a food truck sort of idea of like you'd go to food truck roundups and it was the entertainment you could sit and watch while you ate your food truck food Oh, so kind of in conjunction with that. that that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. The, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, a really good idea. The original pitch that I had thought of in my brain, and I think this was even before I met the two of you, was um, dinner and a show as yeah. a food truck, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, we all kind of got together and I was like, I had this idea. And Catherine was like, I've had this idea. And Landon was like, I've had this idea. Um, and luckily we acted on it. <laughs> but yeah. it when it became... A bus. Oh yeah. I'm not exactly I, sure. Yeah, I think I think it was that um, I had heard that buses were much cheaper mm. than like a sprinter van because I had like gone over to the Ford dealership and I had like gotten into a sprinter van and they were like, "Well, this will be eighty thousand dollars," <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Well, that is." far out of my price range, especially if I'm going to cut a giant hole in it. <laughs> um, and then the uh, – and then I – like buses uh, I had heard were going for a song because uh, when they get done being used at a elementary school or whatever it is and the school can't use it, then there's no quote-unquote demand. So the the – the good, the bus, uh, kind of just gets like left out there, and they're like, "Well, it's not safe enough for children, but w w what do we do with it? It still has a hundred thousand miles on it." Mm -hmm. um, and so then, I had heard that you could pick one up really, really cheaply, and then just looking around, I we found that like it is much harder to find a bus in the West because there is actually a demand that's growing which is like the van life people so like uh a school gets rid of gets done with a bus and then some van life person's like yes i can finally get the bus <laughs> so they snap it up pretty quick um and so we ended up 
uh, finding our bus in New Jersey. Um, and yeah, it, wow. was, it was cheaper to get plane tickets, fly out and drive it back than then, what we could find here. Than just to buy one here. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And also, uh, it ended up, because we ended up, we got it, and then we drove it halfway across the country, and then we had, like, a issue that we needed to have repaired. And, um, and then it was Ypsilanti, like, Ypsilanti, well, Michigan. Yeah. Um, I have never heard of Ypsilanti, <laughs> Michigan. Um, but then it even then was still cheaper than what we would have purchased wow. here, even after plane tickets, after a repair cost, and after purchasing the bus. Um, and it had uh, only like 110,000 miles on it. So pretty great. We were pretty, we were very pleased. <laughs> so carving that thing up, I mean, it must have taken a long time. Were there Was there any what? doubt when you were getting through that or did it just you just carved it up quickly and it went smoothly? We kind of gave ourselves a deadline or more like Landon had a hard deadline for his job. And so it was, we just got to hurry and get this done before this time. Mm -hmm. And luckily, and we had help of some friends too that just kind of enjoyed being a part of it and uh, constructing things. And so it went pretty fast. I think we bought it in the beginning of January and it was done by the end of February, if my memory serves. Yeah. So uh, a fun little um, fact, I guess, is uh, we, the day after we bought the bus, was the year anniversary of all of us meeting. Yeah. Um, uh, And then, yeah, so it was like January 6th. Uh uh, I think January 5th was the day we bought it. And then January 6th, we started our journey back. And then, yeah, basically we got it home. Landon went away with some AutoCAD software and kind of made the design and we all kind of reviewed the design. Um, And then maybe six weeks later, we had a stage on the side of a bus. Mm -hmm. Wow, and it just... It just comes right down. I've I've seen it with my own eyes. It's <laughs> it's a pretty interesting design. Yeah. And so I, I just imagine that, that there was a lot of work that went into that. And so when you're you you've got the bus done right, and then now you had to go find places that you could perform. Right. So how did how did that work out? Like where did you go? What did you do? Yeah, that was a big uh, thing to chew or bite off. It was just kind of. That same old kind of yeah. research stuff. You go out and you Google, and we found all the different festivals. We started a spreadsheet that I don't think we've looked at now for <laughs> right. a year. But, you know, just seeing what else, all potential, we kind of just said, go big or go home kind of thing. Just try anything and everything. Yeah, well, in our research, right, like Landon had said, you know, it's very hard for people to conceptualize what you mean when you're like, well, we're a bus with a stage on the side and we perform stuff. So right. I think it was like March of 2020. We all got together, got some friends in our backyard and we were like, we need to film like a reel just so we can mm-hmm. show people this is what the bus looks like. This is more or less what you're getting yourself into. So, I mean, we basically filmed a commercial for Busking Bus so that we mm-hmm. could shoot something out to people and be like, I know it's hard for you to kind of conceptualize this by me just explaining it. So here's a little video. So we basically, yeah, we just kind of created a list of like maybe 20 festivals or something that were pretty local. And we just said, hey, we're interested. This is what we kind of look like. And basically that first year we were just saying yes to anybody who would say yes to us. Um, And we would just show up and kind of do our thing. So So would you say that that uh, video of the bus was kind of integral to you getting 
shows so that they can see what was going on? I mean, it it is it's that crazy thing of any marketing where you're like, how much did the the commercial affect them versus something else that it's very hard to know. Mm-hmm. But um, like well, I did you get any pushback? It, did you reach out before you had the video and get any pushback? A little bit, yeah. We would have people that were like, "Well, I don't think you'd fit in our in the in the like farmers market, but you could be in our car show." And it's kind of like, well, "No, that's not." The, yeah, I don't think yeah. I don't think it would do that great at a car show. That'd be <laughs> yeah. very awkward, right? Um, but but yeah, I would say that like the video was quite helpful. Um, I with the contract with the blocks. Um, I remember kind of just jetting off a quick email and tagging the video and uh, just a very quick response of like, yeah, this is awesome. We would love to figure out how to work with you guys. And that like uh, I think would have been a much harder thing to chew without somebody seeing like a kind of stylistically what the performance style was with yeah. a stage yeah. our our entire kind of setup is such a visual experience like not to say that our the material that we have inside of the show isn't also really incredible but it's like you're just walking around in downtown salt lake city and you see a bus with a stage on the side and these red curtains and this big sign that says busking bus it's such a visual splendor to see that mm-hmm. um and so the kind of enthusiasm that you get from an email from like a festival coordinator or something when you say oh and here's a little video and they're just like this you know, that's when the exclamation points come out, right? And it's like there's all of a sudden like real excitement instead right. of just like this sounds very interesting, but I can't quite see it in my mind's eye, right? Right. And so I I think that's an important thing that uh, – I think that's an important thing to emphasize that what a video can do for the progression of your – art Mm -hmm. uh even as a video person i still usually don't want to do a video because i'm (laughs) so focused on like i want to write this song i want to finish it or something like that but it can really help show what you're doing even even if if you're a band they want to see how you how do you sound live you know type of thing right and now you're you're busking on the busking bus i mean there's there's got to be a lot of work that still goes into it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a business now. And so you've got to run it like a business. You've got to get, you know, performers if you're running out of performers, all all of that stuff. And so, I mean, what's the what's the most difficult thing about running the busking bus? Oh gosh, taxes. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um it's I, Uh, I was just going to say this is more of a broader topic, so you might be able to speak on something more specific. But it's something that I've kind of seen as somebody who is artistic director for another company and also, you know, helps run things with busking bus. Right. Um, Most people who tend to go into like arts admin positions are not people who are just super jazzed about arts business. They're usually like I'm an artist who wants to be able to provide a platform for people to perform. Um, So. There's all of these kind of like businessy things like Catherine, you know, said with taxes and accounting and all of those things that it's like is necessary to do if you want to be a solvent business, but becomes like that thing that you dread because you didn't get into doing arts business because you like the business part of arts. Right. right. It's it's the whole wanting to write the song rather than create 
a Facebook profile oh. for your music, right? Yes. Yeah, social media. I think I'm going to change my answer. Yes. Social media. We are so bad at uh, handling social media effectively. <laughs> it's quite an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, another another element is just like uh, orchestrating like so many different people's schedules mm-hmm. and like uh, – being able to be like, okay, so this guy is available at six, and this guy is available at six, and this guy is available at six, and no one is available at seven thirty, and just being like, ah, why can't somebody like just uh, when you're trying to figure out so many different people's schedules, and they're all like incredible performers, and you want all of them to be there, um, but then just like those little things of like thirty minute like trying to adjust somebody's time and uh it just it does take like more time than you would think to and energy and energy just like on the like to get everybody's schedule to be solid um and I, something that i feel like we have not had too much trouble with but i've heard of other people having problems with is just like performers kind of flaking out at the last minute mm-hmm. um we're very lucky. We ha- we work with a lot of really solid people. Yeah. Um, even even the blocks who hires us, they they contact other buskers, and they have they've uh, talked to me a few times of just like, oh yeah, so and so didn't show up, so now I don't. We don't have anybody down the street always, and it's just like, how are people not showing up for this like this contract that is like a great opportunity for them to be able to be around yeah it's mm-hmm. it's uh yeah so uh, like just it's kind of tagging on to jonah's of just like the business management of like personnel of just like yeah you just got to do it um so do you ever get discouraged because you're doing so much of the business side that you feel like the art side is lagging like what do you get discouraged and and, and what what helps you push past that if you do I think it's a, one of the benefits of having a partnership and you're not on your own, I would say. Um, and we've kind of just have hit the ground running with all of it. So there's probably more as we grow more solidifying distinct roles. But a lot is very shared. We're all very much pick up the slack kind of people. Not that they're slack, but I mean like where there is help needed, we can step up and help. Um, so really, I mean, we spend a lot of 2020 doing a lot of business stuff. And then with Jonah having already done it with his three penny company, um, uh, knew a lot of the ropes. There's some experience there. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's been, been okay. We're, we're, I would say. Yeah. It's kind of the perk of, I guess, you know, having, you know, three penny being a more traditional theater company that maybe like does business for three months and then prepares for like a two weekend performance or something. The perk of busking bus is that you're just kind of always out there. You know, um, I, I mentioned this from May 28th to today, we've had bookings every weekend. So we've been doing shows. That's great. Every Friday at least, but mostly Fridays and Saturdays for the past three months. Um, so it's like, while I think in like a more traditional artistic structure where it's like, okay, we're prepping, we're prepping, we're prepping, we're doing a release. The release is the big artistic moment. And then you just kind of have to sit on that business for the next, you know, months until you're able to make another release or whatever. With Busking Bus, we're just kind of 
constantly out there doing the business, but we're also constantly out there doing the art and entertainment, which I think is really incredible. So you've got a really good balance going on of the art and the business. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I would say so, yeah. I mean, because part of the building of the networking and community is the business as well. So it mm-hmm. kind of, you know, you meet people who are running a festival who love our concept and it's kind of more of a business professional relationship, but at the same time, just a blast. So. Yeah. When somebody, when when you have got this like uh, business relationship with somebody on uh, email and then like you show up to a, the event and then you see them in person and they're like being formal and then they catch some of your show and they bust into laughter and then they're like uh, just so ecstatic the next time they see you and they're just like, you guys are so great. We love having you around. Yeah. It just is is so fun to see that kind of like that formal stodgy business mm-hmm. suit melt into like a friend who – also happens to give you a paycheck. You know? <laughs> um, that's, so. that's, that's what we all want, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, I mean, this has just been so great. Like, I think you guys are fantastic. This is such a fun idea, and I'm so happy that it's doing well. Where can people find you? Um, so, uh, on Facebook, we're at Busking Bus Theater. Um, and on Instagram, we're Busking Bus Theater Company. I'm trying to remember. I think there's company on one and company not on the other. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we're both on Facebook and Instagram. Those are kind of the best places to find us online where we uh, generally post our schedules. Um, but I think we have a TikTok. Yeah. We have a, a not very <laughs> – A single not, video. <laughs> yeah, a not very developed TikTok. But we mm-hmm. have a TikTok. Both Facebook and Instagram are the best place to find us. There's not a lot of things with the name Busking Bus Theater. So you I'm be pretty able to sure find it's it. the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right. We also do private events. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, birthday parties, uh, things like that, that. That's the cool thing about your business model is that you, it can function like a catering yeah. style. But, I mean, you're not catering food, but you're catering entertainment, right? Right. Yeah, yeah that's that's amazing. So, well, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. So, uh, and just really quickly before you go, what if someone came up to you today and and was like, hey, I want to start my own theater company or, hey, I want to get into acting. <laughs> or, I mean, what would be your advice to that person? Oh. My advice would be uh, just leap and just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, I really enjoyed all of the education I got from getting a degree in theater. I have learned more doing theater than I have in my degree. And I do have – 15 or more years of doing theater so it makes sense <laughs> but like the uh just leap and audition for a show or if you have a uh business idea figure out a way to do a just leap in a small form that then can grow um uh, that is what i would say yeah i'd probably say really um ask yourself why <laughs> you want to and just be clear on your intent and your motivation behind it all and I think that can save you a lot of heartbreak yeah it it makes me think of us um, on the way over here we were talking about just um, 
you know, successes kind of preparing for this show kind of thing. Um, and uh, one of the things that we had mentioned, Catherine had mentioned uh, as being our success was that we just did the darn thing. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the the suggestion that I give as somebody who's now started two arts companies. Right. It's like it's basically just saying nobody is going to be able to tell me no except me pretty much with this, um, you know. At most places, you know, there's not a huge investment into starting a company like you tell people that you own a company and people are like, whoa, you must be super wealthy. But it's like, you know, it's a pretty small investment to be able to actually start functioning as a company. And it's um, so, you know, just in the words of Catherine, do the darn thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, success looks Success is relative, to be honest. Um, and I, I recently talked with someone who, who, who they told me that, I mean, they they got themselves through college by acting. Oh, wow. But they're not a famous actor. No one, I mean, people people know him that he works with, you know, or that he's done projects with. But, like, he's not a famous actor. It's, it's all pretty much relative. Right. And success is success. Yeah. And so... I'm glad that you guys are seeing it, and I just want to say thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, it's been great to learn more about the busking bus, and if anyone out there is interested in any of this stuff, I, I hope that this podcast was helpful to kind of show you a path that someone else took and that you could possibly do that same thing or something similar. Yeah. So this has been The Path of Art with Ryan Meeks and the people from the busking bus, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to The Path of Art. If you or someone you know is creative and would like to tell your story, reach out to me at rmeeks at ksl.com. I might feature you on the show. If you liked our conversation, please make sure you follow the show and give us a five-star rating and review. It really does help people to discover the show. Also, make sure you follow The Path of Art podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.